This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. We're going to look at Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. To get an idea of what's actually happening here and why Paul is standing in the Areopagus making a defense, if you will, for the kingdom, the key to that is in verse 21. Verse 21 says, For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. You see, There are people who feel like they have to be on top of everything. And that's the way the Athenians were. They were listening to all these new ideas. Well, Paul certainly presented them with a really new idea. And so they had him up in front of the Areopagus. And so then the passage begins, Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you were very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Now you see, how many of you have ever had to give some kind of rebuke or correction to someone or notify someone of the correction that was necessary? Like if you're a school teacher writing a parent because their darling little child is acting like a little holy terror in the classroom, you have to write a letter to mom and dad. And so to start with, before you light in on the child, you say, it's a joy to have your child in class. And I really appreciate your child's initiative in taking you know, the first steps and learning how to do some new thing. But I have to also add that. Okay, so that's what kind of what Paul's doing here. He's saying, men of Athens, I see that you are really religious. And he's following that same example of saying something reasonably complimentary, I guess, before he goes on. But then he adds, and I saw an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now, this shows one thing that Paul is extremely observant. And he's extremely respectful. And not only that, he's showing here in this address that he's also extremely well-educated. Because later he refers to it. He says, as one of your own poets said, but we'll get to that. But what he's talking about is the fact that there's this dude from Crete called Epimenides. And he was a philosopher, prophet, sort of. And so when there was this famine in Athens in 500 B.C. or so, they called on him, you're like really a man of insight. We need you to fix this problem. So he had them take a herd of sheep and walk up the hill. And wherever a sheep lay down, build an altar there. And so when the sheep laid down, they marked the spot, and then they built an altar to one of the gods they knew about. Well, Epimenides was fairly clever, and he said, you know, we got all the known gods covered here, but let's make sure 
in case we missed one, let's have an altar for a God we don't know about yet. So there they put that inscription on the altar to an unknown God. So Paul is showing his familiarity with the Greek culture. So he, here we could say that Paul is being somewhat evangelical, you would think. Because there he is, he's on this missions trip. I think this is the second missionary journey. And he's there in Athens and he's speaking and preaching the gospel. Now, a church critic took a poll recently. And the poll was about how he believes that churches are no longer as evangelistic as they used to be. And he took an unscientific Twitter poll and he said, people write in and tell me why you think the churches are no longer as evangelistic as they used to be. And he had 15 or 20 responses that he pulled from all of the others. I'm not going to read all of them to you. But one of the things that the people said was that Christians have no sense of urgency to reach the lost. The second one, many Christians and church members do not make friends with lost people. And we are known more for what we are against than what we are for. And Christians do not want to share the truth of the gospel for fear of offending somebody. And that's why he found out that there's a lot of people out there who are observing the church and saying they're not evangelistic. So what we can conclude from that is it's not very likely that we would have or have the churches in the U.S. now spawn an evangelist like Paul. Paul goes on to say, Therefore the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. And he gives to all life and breath and all things. Now, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of all the earth. So he's made from one blood. What does that mean? It means that the human race, we are all one. And a preacher by the name of Vodi Bakum had a video where he was talking about how he believes that race is a social construct, Bakum said. The concept of race is not a biblical concept. It is not a biblical idea. It is a constructed idea, and you won't find the idea of races in the Bible unless you find it in the proper historical context where we see, number one, that we are all the race of Adam. One race, one blood. We're all the race of Adam. And Bauckham goes on to say, there is less than a two-tenths of a percent genetic difference between any of us in this regard. In fact, we're not even different colors. Technically, from a genetic perspective, from a biochemistry perspective, we're all actually the same color. Our color comes from our melanin, and we've all got it just to differing degrees, which means we're all kind of different shades of the same color. It's like you got bright red, scarlet, garnet, etc., etc. It's sort of like that. It's all degrees of the same. 
And so I should also note that Vody Bakum is an African-American. And so his words then come with a little bit more power because he's telling us race is nonsense because we're all the same. We're all made from one blood. So one of the things I want to add to that is that I believe, this is me, one of the devil's most clever schemes is to convince Christians that moral issues are actually political. And we can't talk about them because that's politics. No, I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you. When we're talking about things like racism, abortion, these other things, these are moral issues. And the church should be taking the lead in that because they are biblically based. You can find a defense in the scriptures for those for being against racism and for being opposed to abortion. Since it was an unborn child who was the first one to recognize Jesus. John the Baptist who jumped in his mother's womb when Mary entered the house. We need to be clear and talk about this stuff from a biblical and a moral perspective. Because we have been buffaloed into silence. Because everyone's saying, you can't get political. Okay, let's not get political. Let's get biblical instead. Job 23.3 says that Job was trying to grope and find God. Or Paul says, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. So there's this desperation of the people on the earth to find the remedy for their ills and their, and their issues. And so people are really trying to find the truth. Whether they realize it or not, they're all looking for the same thing out there. But we go on here, and G. Campbell Morgan, a famous Scottish preacher, wrote about this particular part of the passage where Paul is getting ready to say, For in him we live and move and have our being. We are all subject to him, but we have our life. We move around, we do what we do through Christ and through God who gives us the breath. G. Campbell Morgan says, The philosophy of all this is discovered, and he's writing about Paul, in his insistence upon the fact that God is transcendent, above, beyond all, and yet that he is imminent. In him we live and move and have our being. This was the startling challenge he flung out to those Greeks. Discover God by attaining to what you are in yourselves. You are his offspring. Why then try to express him in those idols, which at their best are poor and feeble and foolish imitations of yourselves? If you ever do any reading in mythology, you will find that all of the Greek gods resembled us. Their gods could be jealous. Their gods could be malevolent. Their gods could be anything and everything that we are. Why? Because they model their gods on themselves. And that's the point that Morgan is making in here. We call to mind the fine sarcasm of Peter's words, you were not redeemed with corruptible things, with silver or gold. This man, Paul, stood there in the midst of Mars Hill and said to these men, if you really want to find God, do not degrade yourselves in erecting images of gold and silver. Listen to the deepest fact of your own being. 
Be silent in the presence of the mystery of what you are. And then look out beyond to that unknown God whom I declare to you. And so that's Paul's summation of what's going on here and what they need to really be careful of because we are all coming from the same place. Truly these times of ignorance, Paul continues, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance to this to all by raising him from the dead. And so the remedy for their problem was to repent. Does this sound voluntary like a suggestion? No, it's a command. God is telling everybody now, commands all men everywhere to repent. So it's not a uh, yeah, I don't want to do that today. It's not one of those kinds of things. It's like, yeah, do this. Get your heart right and trust in the one whom you deeply know is there. You know that God is there. Deep down inside, on the inside, every person on the face of the earth knows that there is a God up there who sent his son to redeem mankind. And so what do we do? Well, we tell the gospel story to him. After Paul gets done, some of the people believed, but some of them did not. We have to, in our zeal for sharing the gospel, we have to acknowledge the fact that some people, no matter what you do, some people, no matter what you say, some people, no matter how many times and how hard you twist their arms, they are not going to believe. I was watching an Alpha course tape at one point and the speaker there was talking to this guy who said I, he was a rational determinist and he said if I can prove to you that Jesus rose from the dead and that he is indeed Lord as he said he was and is would you believe what do you think the guy answered no some people will not believe no matter what you do or say so from those folks let be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and if you sense that, move on and find another person who the Lord has appointed to hear the gospel and respond to it. And how do you find them? You keep witnessing until you do. So that's our task. We may not have to be like Paul and stand in front of a crowded theater full of people. We just go and find them one at a time and share with them the precious news of the gospel and trust the Holy Spirit for the result. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880, or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.